And it's a slow process. <laughs> and take this as I mean it. Even though we have twice the number of people, we have half the happiness. So had you rather have half the people and twice the happiness or twice the people and half the happiness? Well, I don't want either one of those. I want twice the people and twice the happiness, right? And so Cindy and I, the elders, deacons, and uh, the other minister and everybody that we have there, we're trying to be happier. I'm not sure, well, I am sure. I'm sure you do not know how blessed you are here at Waters to Trust. We all have limitations and weaknesses and issues and problems that you have no idea how blessed you are until you go out from here and you visit other congregations and you want to come back home to J-Town and Waterson Trail and thank God that you have and we have the, the family here that we have. A couple of things before we get into our lesson, which I've entitled, What is the Bible to you? What is the Bible to me? Because I, that's a good question, I believe, because if we as a country, or we as a church, or we as a family, or you and I as people, if we would truly come to have a view of God's word, the, the one that we should, it would change the world, change the church, change the family, and change our own hearts into being what we need to be for God and for each other. But before that, I want to say first, I hope you read the article on the front of the bulletin written by our own Amanda Jacobson. A fabulous article about relationships and a perfect relationship that we can have within ourselves and with God. And when we find that relationship with God that's right and good, you'll find that relationships that we have among us will be better and stronger more mature and good. A second thing I want to mention is that song that Brother Remsen led for us, Night with Ebon Pinion. It's almost too sad to sing. It's all we can do, at least me, it's all I can do to sing without crying. Even thinking about it, brings tears to me. Night with Ebon Pinion. Ebon, Ebony. Black. Darkness. Pinion. Wings. A night covered, brooded or the veil. Brooded means uh, gathered in. The veil, the valley. So the night was covered with, like a, a bird would cover you with, with 
mixture of tears and sweat and blood. Prostrate, laying flat down in the garden. He raised his voice. Who else could he raise his voice to? But to God. I like that last, I don't like any of it, but that last verse, Abba, Father, Abba, or Abba, Father, Father, if it be that may, let this cup of anguish pass from me. I pray that Abba, Father, something, he's, that word Abba is the closest word you can come and it's the word we have is daddy. For Jesus, and who else could call God the Father daddy? But God, the only begotten Son, Jesus. For in that moment of time, it brings tears to my eyes because I my own son, who could be covered with darkness and pain and tears, sweat and blood, and, and he's crying out to me. Help me. Daddy, help me. And we know Jesus declared on that cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Daddy, now, we don't know that that Abba, it's just a close word for the closeness between Father and the Son. Mm. Anyway, okay. Maybe I just need to quit right there. That'll be a good spot. But I have, I, I mean, I have to talk to you about the Bible. God's Word. Because we have God's Word through the blood, sweat, and tears. That's how we have it. Because human beings didn't have a view of God other than what they could see around them. And it's true, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. I mean, it's true, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Because, I mean, all you have to do is just open your eyes and your ears and look around you, and you have to declare God. The creation declares the creator. But we have God's word. explain to us who he is in words, human words that we can understand and then he, he gives us his expectations of us. This word God. So my question is, what is the Bible to you? In our lesson text in James chapter 1 verse 19 through 25 that Buddy read for us a few minutes ago, I mean James is pretty plain. Through inspiration of the Holy Spirit he just says, you know, be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. And I was thinking in that verse, I probably should. You know, since, since you need to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, I probably shouldn't talk so fast. Oh, that's a joke. <laughs> that's the reason I, anyway. <laughs> Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to rest. We know what those mean, even though we try to make a funny out of it. We know it means listen twice as much as you talk. 
It doesn't necessarily mean talk real slow like this. And of course, don't be angry so quickly. Then, he, then James, through his breath and Holy Spirit, says, you know, you should know how to live your life. And if you don't know how to live your life, I've given you instructions called the Bible, the scriptures, that it might help you understand how, how to live and what life is about. He said, don't be like some people who read it and don't do it. They don't act upon the knowledge that they have once they receive it. He said, what that person would be like is a person who gets up in the morning and looks in the mirror. Just like I did this morning. Because thinking about this lesson and my hair, it's like Lily, my, my youngest, says, Pop Pop, you have crazy hair in the morning because she'll sleep with us, you know, and she's overspending the night and she usually sleeps between Cindy and me. It's like a big H. You know, Cindy here, me here, and Lily like this. <laughs> you know? But she wakes up and I wake up, you know, and we're happy because we're together, but she says, you, you need to go take care of yourself. Right? Because <laughs> my hair is like this. And I think I'm not alone. Of course, some of you don't have any problem with that, right? But I think I'm not alone in that. So I go in the bathroom and I go, whew. And I have this mousse and gel and this men's stuff, you know, you put on there and get it all. Man, you swipe it down and everything's great. The Bible is the mirror. What is the Bible to you? Well, James is writing that, he says, what, you, what the Bible could be to you is a mirror. You're living your life, we are, and we're just going about paying bills, going to work, dealing with issues, solving problems, putting out fires, trying to get some rest if we can, praying every once in a while. We know that the church meets together and we want to be there. We're just living life. And we're just going and coming and we decide that we're going to listen to the preacher or we're going to go to Bible class and hear the Bible. Or, you know, we haven't read the Bible in a day or two, so we're going to pick it up and read it. So we open the Bible to pick it up and read it and we, we, we read something that we need. And we get a view of ourselves that maybe we like or maybe we don't like. And so we think, you know, I... According to what this says here is if I refuse to forgive someone, then my father won't forgive me. So part of receiving forgiveness from God means I must forgive my wife or husband or child or neighbor or somebody I work with or somebody mistreated me. Hmm. I want God to forgive me. He says I must forgive others. What am I going to do about it? So I'm looking in the mirror. I'm seeing where something's not exactly right. Do I act on that knowledge, that, I, that new knowledge I've received? Or do I, James says, do you just go your way and forget what you should be, what you should have done? What is the Bible to you? 
Now, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, that's that passage of Scripture that says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for instruction, no, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, the woman of God, the person of God may be mature, perfect, fully furnished, fully equipped for every good work. In other words, the Bible is given to us by God so that we have everything we need to have to do what needs to be done. Teaching, discipline, correction, proof, all of that we have right here. Now, if you go back from verse 15 and 16 to verse 1, the Apostle Paul writes, 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, In the last days, perilous times will come. The church is going to have tough times in the last days. So when tough times come, perilous times, stormy times, we shouldn't be surprised. In verse 13, read down verse 13, he says to Timothy, but you, he talks about all these troublesome times, but you, Timothy, continue in the things that you've learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them. That from a child, from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, the sacred writings, the Bible. You have known the Word of God and that word of God that you have known and understood makes you wise for salvation, which is by faith in Christ Jesus. What is the Bible to you and to me? Well, I find here the, the Bible's a mirror, James chapter 1. The Bible is, is written to us that we might have what we have, wisdom for salvation. Not just salvation in heaven, but salvation here. We have what we need. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes in a certain way. If you want to have faith in God, how do you get it? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Now you can hear the Word of God in any number of ways. You can read it for yourself if you have a Bible. We had one of our missionaries that we sponsor to come and give a report in Arkansas to us about his work in Russia in 2018. We, we sponsor a, a medical doctor, Dr. Remsen, we, we sponsor a medical doctor, Vladimir, and I can't pronounce his na last name, but it's starts with a V and it's got a lot of mixed up letters. And it sounds Russian, so I could probably say Glusilov or something like that. You wouldn't know, right? You're like, wow. But we, we just call him Dr. Vladimir or Brother Vladimir. He came and he's a medical doctor, missionary. Now, do you think he can get into some places? But he gave a report on what, what had, has to be done in Russia in order to, to teach Christianity because their religion is a government religion. 
For instance, like the property line of the church, the church property is, let's say, this bottom step. Okay, and I'm standing on the bottom step. Standing on this bottom step, I can hand you a Bible. If I step off of the bottom step and hand you a Bible, I'm arrested. And arresting in Russia, he said, is punishment. But as long as I am within my, on the church property, I can hand a Bible. I can talk about Jesus. I can talk about Christ. I can talk about God. But once I go one step off of that church property, and he said they, they have people uh, that are opposed to Christianity are sending children to go to Bible class in the Church of Christ. So there's two or three children come in and they go to Bible class. They return home and their parents file a lawsuit against the church for corrupting the minds of their children. And so now, if they have, he said, if, if we have a guest come into the congregation, they have to have written permission from their parents to be there. Now think about that. He said, we did allow, we would call their parents and say, is it okay for Johnny and Julie, and of course that's, those are not Russian names, to be here in Bible class? And the parents would say, yes. And then a lawsuit would come in the, pay, in the mail suing the church for corrupting the minds of the children with this gospel. He said, now we have to have written permission or we have, we have to send the children away. Do you think we're blessed? What is the Bible to you? He showed me, he had the gospel of John. He said, I, I received this Brother Remsen, he, he said, I received this one gospel of John in Russian uh, 20 years ago. He said, I read the gospel of John, and I said, I have to have this Jesus. And that's how he became a Christian. He found a way of doing that. The Bible is powerful. God's word is powerful. It's powerful beyond preachers. It's powerful beyond elders. It's powerful beyond churches. It's, we just need to get it in the hands of someone. We just need to keep sharing it, keep speaking about it, keep talking about it. The Bible builds faith, God's Word, to me. Builds faith. And, it's, and it builds faith to you. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Sometimes we read it for ourselves. Sometimes people speak it and we hear it. Sometimes we hear it on the radio. I know here at Watersoft Trail, we, we, I believe we still sponsor or, or help support, uh, is it World Broad, Broadcasting Network? Yeah, that we spot, we, some of our money that we collect together this morning will go that all the nations of the earth will hear the Bible being read and preached so that their faith in God would be strengthened and increased and they'd come to a knowledge of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the Bible to you? We know in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 that man shall not live by bread alone. But what shall man live by? 
every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God's word gives us life here and hereafter. Now, here's what I want to conclude with, just three points. Point number one, what shall we do since we know all of these things? What the Bible will do for us gives us faith, it nourishes us, it teaches us, it gives us all that we need for every good work. What shall we do? My suggestion is that we should respect the Bible. It gripes me, it's just me, to see a Bible on the floor. Now some of you are picking your Bibles up right now. It, I mean, it, it, it sort of gets to me when I, it, it did with my children, when I looked in the back seat of the car and their Bible was on the floorboard. I said, pick that Bible up. Put that up in the seat. That's God's Word. We should respect the Bible. Now, if I ask you a question, which I'm going to do, what is the best way can you, that you can think of to respect the Bible? Oh, see, you already answered it. I was going to think, okay, let's, let's preserve the Bible. I mean, that would be a way of respecting it, right? I mean, making sure the Bible is preserved for our generation, for future generations. Shouldn't we preserve the Bible? And so the first thing in my mind, I think, okay, put it in a safe. I mean, would that preserve the Bible? Yeah. But would it do anybody any good? I mean, we'd still have it. But what good would it do? We go back to James chapter 1. It's like knowing what to do, but not doing it. In this case, if we do that, we wouldn't even know what to do, much less. I mean, we wouldn't know the, how the knowledge, much less being able to do anything. So that's not the way to respect the Bible. We're about protecting the Bible. I, I don't think preserving the Bible in a safe is the way to do it. What about protecting it? And I would think, in, in my mind, putting it in a glass case. Not too many years ago, Cindy and I well, I don't know if you were with me or not in South Alabama, but they, they had the Dead Sea Scrolls. We had not all of them, but pieces of the Dead Sea Scrolls were taking a tour through America. And they had these, uh, what I was able to stand in front of is a, a part of the book of Psalms that was written 3,000 years ago. This is literally a 3,000-year-old document in pieces that were, you know, they put together in this glass case that was, uh, you know, the humidity was, was take, you know, it was a certain humidity and a certain temperature because you get a document that old made in parchment maybe or whatever it made out of or what it was written on. I mean, you know, you don't want let let the elements get a hold of it. So I stood there and I read some of the Psalms. Now it was in uh, Hebrew, but you know, had the had the translation up there of the particular part I was reading. I was like, wow. 
We need to protect that. And that's true. But I, I really don't believe that that's what God meant for us to do as far as when, when He gave us His Word, is to put it in a safe. He wants us to preserve it, but not like that. He wants to protect it, but get it out of that glass case. So preserving it, yes. Protecting it, yes. We could go on, but you, you answered the question. The best way to preserve it and protect it is to know it. Know it outside this, these covers and outside these pages and outside these words. It becomes part of who we are, our daily activity, our daily, daily practice. Indeed, it is true, all Scripture is inspired of God. It's given to us that we might have everything we need for life and living. So that's point number one. What is the Bible to you? Since it nourishes me, gives me life, it's everything I need, it increases faith in my life, it saves me in heaven and here, I need to respect it. Secondly, I need to read it. I need to read it, not haughtily, because this is the Word of God. I need to read it humbly and reverently. When you open its pages, I know we have a set of twins there in Morrillton, and, and uh, both of them look exactly alike with Linda. And she recently bought them a new Bible each. And so they ran up to me. They wanted to show me their new Bible. You know? I said, wow, got a new Bible. And, you know, one of them handed me hers. And, I, you know, I, 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 mean, I kind of glanced through it and thumbed through it. I said, you know the first thing I do with a new Bible? They said, what? You know, they're like... Uh, I said, I smell it. I said, here, smell this. And of course, I don't want to smell it. And then, ooh, that smells good. I said, it's a smell you'll never forget. Nothing smells like that. It's part of who you are. It's part of reverence to God's Word. And I know that's simple. But to a 10-year-old, that's significant. I said, now what you need to do every day to show God that you respect Him and His Word is to read this book. Reverently read the Bible. Psalm 1, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of the sinner, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water who bears fruit in season, whose leaf will not wither. Whatever he does, whatever she does, will prosper. Now the ungodly are not so. They're like the chaff driven away by the wind. They'll not stand in judgment. I mean, you can read that for yourself. We know that the un where the un ungodly are going to end up. But I want to be a success in my life, so I'm going to... Read God's Word. I'm going to respect God's Word. And finally, this is the point number three, is something we can do any moment of time, is respond to God's Word. And when is a good time to respond 
to what you know right now, not tomorrow. You know what? I found out something great. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. What? Well, I'm going to do something about this tomorrow. What? You find in the Bible, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, what the almost 3,000 or about 3,000 did on the day of Pentecost. That same day, there were added to them about 3,000 souls. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 36, the Ethiopian nobleman said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? He had just heard the preaching of Jesus. He had just heard the Word of God being taught. What did he do about it? And when did he do it? He responded to what he learned right then, immediately. Well, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? Well, if you believe with all your heart, you may. He said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And we know what happened. That, that nobleman became a Christian. Went on his, come up out of that water and went on his way rejoicing. In Acts chapter 16, in verse 33, about midnight, Silas and Paul were singing praises to God after being beaten because of their faith. About midnight, an earthquake happened. All the, no one was hurt. All the bars were uh, opened and all the chains were removed. I wonder who did that. The jailer was going to, he rose to kill himself because of all, of, all that was about to happen. And, and Paul is the one who said, whoa, 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 whoa. Do yourself no harm. We're all here. And after their stripes had been washed by the jailer, and Paul and Silas preached to he and his family, what happened that same night, that same hour of the night, he was taken and washed in baptism. In Acts chapter 26, verse 18, this is where the apostle Paul was talking to the king. And old King Agrippa said, You know, you've almost persuaded me to be a Christian. Agrippa's one of those ones who received the knowledge, but he decided he wasn't going to respond to it right now. He said, I'll call for you when I have a more convenient season a more opportune time. How about you? Where do you stand? Do you respect the Bible? And in that, do you read it? Because in reading it, you're going to find out some things you didn't know. I teach the teenage class on one of the, either Wednesday or Sunday, or sometimes both of them, teach our teenagers, and as I did here, and we were, we were studying about Absalom, Amnon, Tamar, David, and Bathsheba. There's three or four teenagers in class that have never heard that story. They're not Christians yet. They, don't, they know very little about the Bible, but they're there because they're the boyfriends and girlfriends of some of our teenagers. So, you know, I've got like a couple sitting over here. She's 16. This is her boyfriend. He's 17. This is a girl over here. She's got her boyfriend with her. This is one of our young men. He's 19. His girlfriend is 18. You know, she's, she and him and him and her, they don't know anything about the Bible. So we start talking, and they're opening their Bibles. These people are not Christians yet, 
and they're saying, whoa, man, I can't believe this happened. I said, yeah, it's just like a TV show. It is. I mean, they're like, wow. I said, you know, this book is full of fascinating things that you can learn. Well, we want to learn them. And I hope you'll respond then positively to having better respect for the Bible. Pick it up more than we do. Honor God by reading that which nourishes us because it's a cherished, precious gift given to us by God through blood, sweat, and tears. If you have a need, you can come as we stand together and sing. I am resolved.